Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Man, it is such a joy and an honor to be back with you guys every year. And uh, I love what Pastor uh, Jeff said. Um, I'm family, and uh, you guys can't get rid of me, by the way, you know, and uh, we're, we're so honored and excited. You know, Pastor Jeff, actually, my wife, Jennifer, and I, and she sends her greetings. Uh, we, we're, we pastor in the Greater New Orleans area, Church of the King, and have campuses throughout the Gulf Coast, but Jennifer and I actually met Pastor Jeff and Brandy in the back of a van at a church conference. And uh, we connected with them, and we just love them and appreciate them and have walked literally uh, for 23 years, so before even Milestone existed. And uh, we just love Pastor Jeff. Is a, he's the most life-giving, encouraging uh, pastor, listen, friend that I have, and really an American. I just want to say a couple things. Uh, it's an honor not only to be his friend, but also to be connected with you guys. Churches around America, and I mean this, this is important. Sometimes you need somebody from the outside to give you some insight. Churches around America are, are learning from you guys. Uh, how, how many of y'all are excited about what God's doing in the youth in this church? Come on. What's up with that? I mean, everybody I talk to, my son's gotten saved, my daughter's on fire. So you guys, you gotta know this. It's sometimes good to have a big brother, somebody on the outside to come in who's part, but yet I'm one step removed. God is moving in this church. This is like not natural. This is not normal. This is super, everybody say super? Natural. Sure, we do the natural things, but God adds the super on it and it makes it a whole lot better. It's amazing what's going on on Wednesday nights and I'm, I'm inspired. Matter of fact, we've got our, our team here learning from you guys and, and how to reach the next generation. And so I, I just want to say we love you guys. Happy 20th anniversary. I know you're going to be celebrating it throughout the month. And, and can we just give it up to the Lord, all God's done the last 20 years? Come on. Milestone Church. <clears throat> you guys are in a series called It's Worth It 2.0. Pastor wrote a book a number of years ago called It's Worth It. It's kind of the, the second edition. And, and I think it's so important to talk about this because there's so many new people in the church, so many literally new people that are just coming and meeting Christ. And it's important as the church grows and expands. And of course, next year, uh, even opening up more seats at the Keller campus and all the other campuses, it's important to understand what you guys are about. 2.0, it's worth it, is about the values and the vision of lordship, discipleship, and the Bible, the Holy Spirit, community. Last week, matter of fact, pastor talked about discipleship. Uh, central to all that Jesus did with his walking with his, quote, disciples. And, 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 and yet, how oftentimes we actually don't even know what that is. Today, Pastor Jeff asked me to, to talk about the power of transformation. He, he said, Steve, I want you to come and talk about this message that you've talked about, wrote about, preached about the, the power of how to live a transformed life and, 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 and how it's so important to understand how transformation takes place. The reality is, is that I remember when I came to Christ, I, 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 my mom prayed for me. Some of you guys know my story, by the way. My mom prayed for me. I was on every prayer list in America. 
You guys remember I told you that I, I found my mom's prayer list and like on the top of it, you know, she had all the intercessor ladies praying for me on the very top of it. It was my heathen son, Steve. Come on, mom. Of course, I was gloriously born again. I was in college at Tulane University, and I was in a college Bible study. I got saved, and, and I was so excited, man. I remember waking up the next day. It's like, my sins are forgiven, washed by the blood of Christ. My name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And yet, I remember a couple, two or three months after that, I remember still having some thoughts, and it was like, man, and I thought, oh, wait a minute, maybe I didn't really get saved, and, and, and I had these kind of some sinful thoughts still, and, and so I, I remember the preacher giving an invitation. I came up, and I thought, man, I got to just get rededicated. I just gotten saved three months ago. Of course, a month later, you know, I'm starting to have these thoughts again. I thought, you know what? I just got to go up, and I got to get rededicated. I'm so grateful for a great man in our church, matter of fact, he's one of our pastors on our staff who's walked with me for 34 years. I'm 53, I was 19 when I got saved, Pastor Doug Armand. I remember him putting his arm around me, he said, he said, Steve, I was a college kid, he said, Steve, you don't need to keep getting rededicated, you've gotta learn how to renew your mind. Your problem's not in your heart, the problem's in your head. I wanna to talk to you today about the power of how to live a transformed life. I wanna talk about the biblical concept of renewing your mind. So many people today, Christians, I'm talking to Christians, struggling with mindsets of worry and fear, anxiety, all of these things, and, and yet you don't understand that, that, it's, that so many times it's not a heart problem, it's a head problem. One of the wisest men that ever lived, his name is Solomon, he wrote in the book of Proverbs, he said this, how our thinking controls our life. He said, Proverbs 23, seven, for as he thinks in his heart, so as a person thinks in their heart, so as they think, so are they. In other words, what you think about, watch this, what you think determines what you feel. Well, pastor, I just don't like what I feel. I, I'm so worried. I'm so anxious all the time. I got these knots in my stomach. I would like to suggest to you today that what you are feeling is connected to what you've been thinking about, either consciously or subconsciously. In other words, your thoughts determine your feelings, and what you feel determine your choices, which become habits that become your character, and ultimately, it points the direction of your life, that your, that your destiny flows out of what you've actually started thinking about. Pastor, I don't like where my life is right now. I don't like where it's going. I don't like where it's ending up. I, I, I want to say to you, go back and check out what you've been thinking about. What you think determines what you feel. What you feel determines the choices that you make. Then it's your habits and it's your character and ultimately the direction of your life. I wanna to talk to you today about how to live, how do you live a transformed life? Our thinking is so powerful. I always love when medical science, you know, they, they, they come up with these breakthrough medical breakthroughs. And I, and I appreciate doctors and we have medical folks in our family and, and, and all of those fields. But, but I, it's interesting, neurological research that has now recently come out with, with this, these great insights about the power of your thoughts and neuroplasticity, that's a big term, right? And, and, and how your thoughts neurologically cut your grooves in your mind and, and, and how it forms these, through these synapses, how, how it forms these, 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 the Bible calls them strongholds, but it, how it forms these, these strengthened thought patterns. And, and, and then medical science is proving now that you can actually go back 
in recut grooves in your thinking. And yet Solomon told us that over 3,000 years ago. As a person thinks, so are they. The fact of the matter is you're thinking, there, there is no like, there's no like innocent thoughts that just may be floating through your mind. In other words, what you think determines what you feel. If you don't like your feelings, go change your thinking. It's all connected. I want to talk to you about the power of your thoughts, the power of how to live a transformed life. The story is told of a young couple they bought their starter home. They were so excited about that. And, and they finally got their dream. They were so thrilled and, and met with a contractor. And they were able to pick out colors and whatnot and the flooring and the kitchen. It was just awesome. And one day after they moved in, they, they saw on a wall, they saw a slight crack on the wall. And, and they noticed that. I thought, man, that's kind of unusual. So they called the contract. They actually developed a friendship with the contractor through this and contractor came over and said, oh, no problem. I'll send over our sheetrock folks. And they refloated the wall. And they painted it up. No problem. All taken care of. About four to six weeks later, they looked up. The same thing happened. Oh, that's kind of strange. Called the contractor over and same thing. And they refloated the wall and they repainted it and everything was wonderful. Oh, so excited. They would drink coffee together in the morning and Sure enough, same thing happened the following month. The contractor was getting really concerned, called an engineer over, said, I'm sorry, we got to kind of do a second level discovery process here. Found out from the engineer, unfortunately, the foundation had shifted. In other words, they could send a painter over every month. They could refloat that sheetrock every month. The problem wasn't the wall. The problem was the foundation. Sometimes the same symptoms that keep coming up in our marriage and our parenting, how we handle finances, the decisions that we make. The problem is cosmetically, we're trying to adjust circumstances. We're trying to adjust the outside, but we've got to go to the root foundation of our thinking. So as a person thinks, so they become. You don't like where your life is. You don't like the direction of your life. I want to suggest to you today, go back and let's start challenging our thinking Paul the Apostle writes a powerful letter to the church at Rome. And I, I remember as a young believer reading about what does it mean to renew your mind. And I was so confused because I heard at church that when you get saved, you are transformed. Pastor, when you get saved, are you, are, are you transformed? I want to say this, yes and no. So you got to understand what's transformed when you get saved. I believe the scripture teaches that we're actually a three-part being, spirit. Everybody say spirit. Everybody say soul. And everybody say body. Paul writes to the church at Corinth, if therefore if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Question, what becomes new when you get saved? I'll tell you what becomes new. It's the deepest part of who you are. I think I have a diagram if you want to pull that up. And so your, your, your core, the Bible uses this as an analogous fashion, what your spirit or your heart, when you're born again, if anyone is born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. So when you get saved, on the inside of you, you get born again. Your spirit comes alive. Before Christ, your spirit is dead. After you get saved, your spirit becomes alive. So, when you get saved, you are transformed in your heart. But let me tell you what's not transformed. It's your soul, 
your mind. See, Paul says it this way. He says, may your whole spirit, may the God of peace sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, everybody say spirit, everybody say soul, and everybody say body. May all of that be set apart. Your heart is set apart to God. But guess what? Your mind needs to be renewed. Pastor Steve, how long does this take? Uh, Your whole life. Theologically, we call that sanctification. Paul calls it renewing the mind. So, I want to say to you today, to a Christian people, that if you do not like where your life is right now, there is hope. That we can live transformed as we understand the power of renewing our mind. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I want to unpack two verses this morning. Paul's writing to the church at Rome, and here's what he says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That is your true and proper worship. Verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed. By how? The renewing of your mind. He's writing to Christians. They were saved. Their spirit became alive. They were no longer going to hell. Their name was written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And yet he said, Paul said, they still had to be transformed. They were transformed in their heart, but their mind still needed to be transformed. And here's the good news. That when you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to fulfill what? Test and approve what God's will is. The good, the pleasing, and the perfect. Pastor Steve, I want to fulfill the purpose of God for my life. I want to fulfill the will of God for my life. Okay, if you want to do that, then renew your mind. Learn to allow the word of God to challenge your thinking. I want to talk to you today about renewing your mind. The power of living a transformed life. Three things. Pastor, how do I renew my mind? Number one, we've got to surrender our total life to God. Look at verse one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies. He goes for the whole package here. He goes, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and your proper worship. God's great mercy, he, through Paul, tells the church at Rome, he says, you gotta offer your total self to God. I, I, some of you grew up in church where the term worship, let's go to worship, right? So worship, for some of you, was the hour of the service. For some of you, maybe from the charismatic background, worship is the 20 minutes before the teaching of the word. But the point is, Paul goes way beyond just like an hour on the weekend. Paul says that if you want to live a transformed life, he says, here's the caveat. You've got to offer your, watch this, you've got to offer your total self to God. Interesting, he introduces the language of sacrifice. Immediately our minds go to what? The sacrificial system, the Old Testament. Right, we start getting to Leviticus, and you know, and it was really intricate. You know, you put you you, you know you put the sheep here and, and the lamb and, and the dove and and you sprinkle and, and and of course we all know that's pointing to Christ. The Old Testament sacrificial system was all all pointing to to the ultimate death of Christ on the cross, and yet Paul uses this language. The Holy Spirit inspires Paul to to use watch this the sacrificial language. But there's a big difference. 
There's a big difference in the Old Testament. They were, watch this, they were sacrificing dead sacrifices. Paul says, offer your bodies as a, come on, say it, a living sacrifice. Do you know what the big difference between a dead sacrifice is and a living sacrifice? A dead sacrifice is dead and it's not moving. A living sacrifice, guess what it can do? It can, I don't like this anymore. I'm just gonna get right off the altar. I'm just gonna go back to do it. In other words, a living sacrifice, watch this, can no longer, they can make a decision. I don't wanna live that way anymore. Paul says, if you wanna live a transformed life, you watch this, you've gotta offer, in other words, you've gotta be all in. You can't be, one day I'm in, next day I'm out. I'm in, I'm worshiping God. Why? For 67 minutes on Sunday at Milestone Church. But on Monday, that's like my life. Tuesday, I'm gonna do my own thing. Wednesday, I wanna do my, Paul said, no, 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 no. Listen, I had a guy tell me one time, he goes, you know, Christianity, it just doesn't work. I'm like, what? Christianity doesn't work. No, you've not, you, you're, you're in one day, you're out the next day. You're in one day, you're serving one day, you're out the next day. You're in a small group one day. You know, I had a guy tell me about, at our church, he said, Pastor, you know, this whole small, y'all talk about small groups, small groups, small groups. So what if I go to a small group and everybody's weird? I said, go to another one. <laughs> what if I go to another one and everybody's weird? I said, well, Give it another shot. If you go to another one, it's weird. There's only one common denominator in each one of these pictures. <clears throat> in other words, in other words, what happens to Christians today, and, and again, you, you know, of course, people deify feelings in our culture today, right? So it's like, well, I don't like that. I don't feel like that. Since when did that have to do with anything? How about, what does it mean to be committed to God? Like you're all in. Everybody say all in. All <clears> in. <throat> I, uh, I grew up as a kid going to this thing called skate country. I don't know if y'all remember skate country. I don't know if y'all had that. You know, y'all are kind of sophisticated. You know, Texas, Louisiana, we had like skate country. Of course, we just got the internet three years ago in Louisiana. But anyway, so don't judge us. Y'all like our food better. Let's go eat seafood. We're in Fort Worth. Where are you going? Red Lobster. <laughs> that ain't seafood. So we would grow up and go to skate country, right? And so they had this little thing, you know, and the lights would change every time. And, and so now we're gonna do hokey pokey time. How many of y'all remember hokey pokey? Y'all remember that? Here it is. You put your right foot in, you take your right foot out, you put your right foot in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. You put your left foot in, you take your left foot out, you put your left foot in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. I'd like to suggest that's how a lot of Christians do it. I'll go to church for two weeks. I won't show up till Christmas. I'll go to church at Easter and I won't go because Pastor Jeff told us we got to read our Bibles and I don't like him putting pressure on me. I like only the messages that tell me I'm great. I don't like the messages that convict my soul. I don't like that church. It's too truth-oriented. I'm going to leave and find another one. We wonder why we don't live transformed lives. You gotta be all in, man. 
Like, you got to be committed to Christ. Like, you got to, it's like, it's like, Paul said, offer your bodies a living sacrifice. Number two, the second thing that I see, I'm just talking about two scriptures here. The second thing I see is, first thing is don't be a hokey pokey Christian, by the way, that's the first point. (laughs) Number two, transform your thinking. Paul says, do not be conformed. Look at verse two. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. The world has a pattern, by the way. You, you, you realize that. The world has a pattern. Paul says, don't, 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 be, con- don't, don't be formed by the pattern of this world, but conversely, be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul, the, the word conform, watch this, don't miss this. The word conform means to be pressed into the mold. In other words, Paul says, don't be pressed into the ideologies, to the philosophies, and to the mindsets of the world. What is the philosophy of the world? Here's here's one of the biggest philosophies of the world right now. Here it is. You guys ready? You are what you feel. Not according to the Bible. I am what God says I am. Don't don't be pressed into that. By the way, the world's making it up every day. You guys realize that? Every day it's made up. I I grew up in the 70s, and I wasn't sure one month milk was good for us. The next month milk was not good for us. Y'all remember that? Should we drink milk? Should we not drink? By the way, that's the world today. Every day they're waking up to a new reality. They're changing the price tags. This used to be bad. Now it's good. That used to be good. Now it's bad. You guys realize that, right? Paul says, don't be pressed into that. We don't base our lives on that. The vicissitudes of life, the changeableness, the winds of culture, it comes and it goes. I'm so grateful that we build our life on something that's objective, that's real. The Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will never pass away. That's what the Bible says. I, I grew up outside of New Orleans in a suburb, and I, I went to the school. I remember in art class, we would, we'd have Plaster Paris, and it was fun and cool, and, and, and three times a year, we'd build these molds, and then, and then watch this, and then we'd take that Plaster Paris, and we'd pour it into the mold, and then we would then we'd remove the mold, and what we poured in there was in the shape of the mold. Paul says, don't pour your life into the values of the world. Don't let the world shape you. Don't don't, don't let it shape your thought process. Don't, don't, Don't do that. Conversely, conversely, not don't be conformed, but be transformed. Look what he says, be transformed. Everybody say transformed. I'm talking about how to live a transformed life. I'm not talking about how to go to heaven today. That's be born again. Trust Christ as your savior. I'm talking about to Christians, how do you live, uh, listen, how do you live differently than you live right now? Paul says be transformed. The word transformed is the Greek word metamorpho. Doesn't that sound interesting? We learned it in, in sixth grade science class. Remember that term we learned? Meta, what? Morphosis. And the classic example of metamorphosis is what? When a caterpillar goes through the whole process and it comes and it transforms into a what? Say it, a 
butterfly. We believe scripture is inspired. The Holy Spirit inspired Paul to use this. In other words, he wanted the, the church at Rome to have a clear picture that when you renew your mind, you go from that to this. You go from insecure to confident. Doesn't mean we don't go through trials. Doesn't mean we don't go through tribulations. But, but, but we don't have to be broken down and crushed. We can actually stand strong even in the midst of that. Uh, if we go through insecurity to confident, to, to, to stressed and worried and fearful to an overcoming life. How does that happen, Pastor? Paul says through transforming your mind. It's possible. Pastor, I want to live a transformed life. Number one, you got to be all in. Stay in the game. Stay in the game. Keep pressing into God. Keep showing up in the house of God. Keep showing up in small group. Keep showing up in the word every day. Just keep pressing in. Number two, we've got to not be conformed to the value system of the world, but we've got to be transformed. Let me give you a couple practical things about transformation. I'm gonna give you three R's. Pastor Steve, okay, I got it. I'm kind of into this. Ephesians chapter four, let me give you this practical concept here. Pastor Steve, how do I transform my mind? How do I do that? Well, number one, you gotta take off, and number two, you gotta put on. Look what Paul says in Ephesians chapter four, verse 22, that you put off. Everybody say, put off. Put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on. So there's a taking off and there's a putting on. Take off and put on the new man, which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. We have four kids, and my oldest is a daughter. She's 25, and, and my wife is like the ultimate mom, baby mom. She's a teacher, and so like, like, like there was required reading for me from my wife before we, I just, it's important that you understand all these things. I'm like, oh, this is like, I feel like I'm getting a you know, degree in education. So in, in early childhood education, you know, so we got to make sure of all this. And so I was, I, you know, and I'm kind of a hyped up personality anyway. So it's like, oh, you know, my, my daughter, I don't touch the soft spots. Something could happen to her head. You know, it's not like, I don't want So I was just, so I remember the day she goes, Steve, I, I'm, I'm going to go to the store. I want you to watch Isabel. I'm like, you like trust me that much? All right. So I remember I got Isabel. I was like, I was, you know, I was kind of nervous about it. I mean, she was just a couple months, and and so and so she's and I'm like, okay, I got to be careful. You know, I'm just prayed up, worship music going. I got a confidence here, the whole thing, you know. And and so and and so watch this. And so she goes to the bathroom, like kind of the the big deal bathroom. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? Oh jeez, I'm praying for the rapture. Come on, you know it's a. I gotta get out of here. You know what I'm saying? I don't even. I believe it. Some of y'all don't, but I believe in it. And so, and that's fine. If you want to go through the tribulation, fine. But anyway, so that's a whole other message. All right, <laughs> that's fine. But but here's the point. Here's the point. I'm like, what am I gonna do? I'm like, I, I can't change your diaper. If I change your diaper, I could break her leg. Something could happen. And I thought, and I kind of discerned real quickly. I thought it doesn't look real bad. I'm just gonna powder it up. I'm gonna put one right on top. Can you believe that? Everybody go, aw. Yep, sure enough, I did that. Of course, she, she, um, she came home, she saw it. I was really praying for the rapture then. I was just like. <laughs> That's what a lot of Christians do. They wanna put the good on, they wanna put the word on, but they don't wanna take off the old.
Everybody say, take off. Everybody say, put on. Let me give you three R's of what I'm talking about. Number one, you gotta take responsibility for where you are in your thinking. You gotta take responsibility. We're not victims. Yes, some of you guys had tougher upbringings. Absolutely. Some of you went through abuse. Absolutely. Horrible. But we still, you're still made in the image of God and you still have a will and you've been born again by the Spirit of God and you have the authority in Christ to take responsibility. Here's why. Because God can't fix what we won't admit. We've got to own it. Everybody say own it. You got to understand you are where you are today, the direction you are, because what you've allowed to go into your mind, you've got to be responsible for that. You're not just, you know, just pulled around. We're made in the image of God. You're a moral creature. The Imago Dei imprinted on you. You're not just an animal that's just led by instinct, appetite, and sex drive. You, you are a moral creature. You have the ability to, to, to take responsibility for your life. The reality is, is that all of us have a choice every day. And the moment that a Christian understands, they, they, can actually, they can actually control what's going through their mind. Oh, maybe not the bird that flies over your head, as Martin Luther says, but you can definitely control the birds that you allow to make a nest. Responsibility. Number two, reject. Everybody say reject. You gotta exercise your will, push through passivity. Some of us have been lulled into sleep into passivity so long, we've just allowed our minds just to, to go where we are. And let me tell you something, the Bible, the, the devil doesn't fight fair. The Bible talks about Ephesians chapter six, the devil, he shoots fiery darts. What are fiery darts of the wicked one? That's satanic suggestions from hell. The devil plants a thought in your mind, you then embrace it as your own thought, then he condemns you for the thought that he actually gave you. You don't have to give in to that. You can actually reject it. Reject. Reject what? Reject negative thoughts. Reject any thought that doesn't line up with the word of God. And this is where we've got to make choices. You've got to evaluate. I had a lady tell me once, a pastor, I don't know why at nighttime I'm just, I feel so bad. I wake up in the morning, I have these dreams. I said, tell me what you're doing right before you go to sleep. She goes, I watch the news. I said, that's your problem right there. Watch your eye gate. Watch your ear gate. Those are, tres- those, are, those are passageways into your, into your soul. What are you exposing your mind to? I, I, Pastor Doug, he said, Steve, listen, this is the basis of this message. You don't need to keep rededicating. You need to renew your mind. And I had to realize as a young believer, watch this, I needed to evaluate, watch this, the playgrounds and the playmates and the play toys, where I went, who I went with, and what I did when I got there. What am I exposing my mind to? I was a kid that didn't, wasn't a Christian kid till I was in college, and I was in the French Quarter and living like a, a complete heathen, and you know, this, uh, blah, blah, blah. I get born again, it's a new vocabulary, new thinking, and Pastor Doug, who wasn't a pastor then, I remember I'd be on Friday night, get ready to go out with my friends, you know, I'm, I'm a new Christian, I'm trying to walk with God, and, and, and Pastor Doug would call me, he wasn't a pastor then, he was in college, I was in college, he was, he was actually, he was out of college, and, 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 I, and I, he would call me and say, hey brother, and I never got the brother thing at first, hey brother, I'm just praying for you, thinking about you, I, you know, you don't need to go out with those guys, why don't you come with us, our Bible studies, we're going to Shoney's. If you're a Christian in the 80s, you went to Shoney's, don't laugh. And you ate that translucent shrimp. <laughs> you gotta make some decisions. You, you're, keep, you're going to church, that's awesome, but you gotta let go of some of those things. 
Some of those playgrounds, those places that you go. Some of that music, you know? I don't know what you're listening to, but I just listen to this music. Cats in the cradle in the silver spoon. Little boy building a man in the moon. When you coming home, that's depressing. <laughs> Put that up into your soul. I don't know what it is that you gotta watch, but I'm telling you, you gotta be careful. Uh, everybody say eye gate. Everybody say ear gate. Yeah. I wanna live an overcoming life. How about you? I wanna live a transformed life. Ooh, it got real quiet up in this church. <laughs> hey, man, he's messing with my music. <laughs> the conviction fits, put it on. <laughs> Responsibility. <laughs> Responsibility. Reject. Rescript. Almost done. How do we rescript our minds? Now we're getting into, watch this, neuroplasticity. The rescripting of your neurological pathways. Science would call it. The Bible calls it renewing the mind. Take off, put on. But pastor, how do I rescript my mind? How do I rescript my mind? I'll tell you how you rescript your mind. Watch this, you rescript your mind by declaring the word of God over your soul. Joshua in the Old Testament was insecure because he was following someone who had a million people in a church. How would you like to be the succession pastor of somebody that had a million people? Big church. Moses led about a million people. And here it is, Joshua took it. He's getting ready to go to the promised land. He's insecure. And God says, Joshua, watch this, the way to build your faith. Joshua, the way to think differently. Joshua, the way to feel differently. Joshua, the way to have different choices because what you think determines what you feel. And what you feel determines the choices you make, which becomes your habits and your character and ultimately the direction that your life is going. Joshua, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta do something, Joshua. Joshua, I'm talking about what? Responsibility, rejecting, and not a rescript. Rescript. Pastor, how do I put on? How do I rescript my pathways? How do I renew my mind? Take off, put on. Here's how you put on. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. In other words, here's what he said. Joshua, you've got to every day, every day, take my word, and you've got to declare it out of your mouth. Pastor Steve, how do you, how do you fight the devil? Well, you can't outthink the devil, but you can't outspeak the devil. That's what Jesus did in the wilderness. It is what? Come on, say it. Written. He confessed the word. The way you rescript your mind. So, Doug, back to Brother Doug. Steve, it's not about rededicating, it's renewing your mind. So he told me to get three by five index. In, how many of y'all remember three by five index cards? Come on, how many of y'all remember that? If you're under 30, you don't know what an index card is. <laughs> you, you don't know what that is. <laughs> we used to get them at drugstores, okay? These are index cards. And I wrote those scriptures down. Pastor, I'm gonna tell you what happened. I, I, I'd write them down. And he said, Steve, when you're, when you're starting to feel those feelings and you're starting to think those thoughts, cast them aside. But you can't just take off. You got to put on. It happens simultaneously. And you got to declare the word of God over your life. You got to speak the word. The, you got to declare it over your life. I can do all things. The enemy come back and lie to you and say, you're going back into sin. You're, no, 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 no. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, what am I doing? I'm rewiring my brain. I'm rescripting my mind. Science proves this. What the Bible said before science was around. 
Are you with me? You can rescript your brain. Some of you went through horrific situations as a kid. Some of you went through abuse. And I'm gonna tell you something. And, you, and the enemy was right there. And, and the enemy was right there to tell you and to interpret to you who you were in light of that abuse. We reject that. We declare what God says about us. We declare that God says we're holy and that we're righteous and that we have a future in God. We gotta rescript our mind with that. We gotta rescript our future with that. We gotta declare over our kids. What are we doing? We are rescripting our minds. I hope you guys are getting this. Pastor, how do I live a transformed life? I gotta be all in. Everybody say all in. Number two, I gotta, I want you to say this, say, I have to transform my mind. How do I do it through the word? Let me give this last and final thing. Verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind. It's interesting whenever I teach on this, people, the pastor asked me to teach on this. He goes, well, pastor, this sounds like a secular seminar. No, 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 no. Anything that you learn at a secular seminar about thinking, they ripped it off from the Bible, they just don't give the Bible credit. It didn't start with a, it didn't start with a TED talk. Are you with me? Anything that works and helps people came from the Bible, whether a secular social scientist give credit or not. Are you with me? Renewing the mind is a biblical concept. And he says, so that you may fulfill the will of God for your life. We do not subscribe to what I call the Doris Day doctrine. Whatsoever shall be, shall be. I don't believe that. I don't believe in fatalism. I don't believe that all the outcomes are predetermined. I do not believe that. I don't believe the Bible teaches. The Bible says, choose you this day whom you shall serve. I think the will of God for our lives, Paul said, I'm gonna ask this last, how many of y'all wanna fulfill God's will for your life? Come on, just raise your hand. Every campus, okay, listen to me. Then here's the key, here's the key. You've gotta live with a transformed mind. Yeah. Pastor, I wanna live that way. I've gotta be all in. No more hokey pokey, stay in. Stay in the game, press through the pain. Stay in the game, stay in the house of God. Stay in small groups, stay in your word every day. Stay in prayer, confess the word. Stay in the game, even if you get hurt. Well, pastor, I used to be in, but I got disappointed. That's, now you definitely have to stay in the game. Because if you get disappointed and you don't deal with it, it'll become disillusionment, disconnection. You gotta stay in the game. Everybody say, stay in the game. This is the first 20 years of milestone. You need to stay in the game the next 10 years. In the next 10 years, stay in the game. Stay in the game. I gotta keep showing up. I gotta keep showing up. I'm not in one day. I'm not out. I come at Christmas, then I come back at Easter. Then I wonder why my life's, no, no. I gotta stay in the game. I gotta show up. I gotta be involved. Number two, I gotta not be conformed. I gotta reject ideologies that are inconsistent with the word. And I've gotta transform by taking responsibility, by rejecting the old, by putting on the new, daily rescripting my mind through the power of the spoken spoken word, and I will walk into what God has for my life. Come on, y'all receive that? Y'all receive that? I want to pray for you. I want to say this to all the Milestone family. It has been such a privilege and an honor to journey with you guys. I don't know all of you. There's so many new faces, but I'm so grateful for you. I'm honored to be with you. We love your pastor. We love this house. God is doing something so special here. I want, I want to just pray for you, and I'll give it back to pastor. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're teaching us the power of transformation. For those of you that do not cry, know, know Christ, the, the Bible says if you just open your voice to Jesus, the pastor's gonna talk about that in just a moment. But, but for those of you that are believers and, 
It's, it's daily. It's, it's a daily thing. Your, your mind is not renewed in a day. It's renewed daily. It's every day showing up. It's every day fighting those negative thoughts and getting the truth to re-script your brain neurologically to walk in God's plan for your life. Jesus, I bless your people this day in your mighty and wonderful name. And everybody said, come on, can we give the Lord a hand clap? We do that. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.